Yep. Uh, greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bimbo Podcast. I have Rodrigo Santiago here, and uh, he is a co-chair at IIAS, uh, a senior scientist at University of the People. He has done his masters of uh, quantum mechanics in at, at MIT and uh, masters in science of space studies at uh, the military American University. Um, welcome, Rodrigo. Welcome to the Wimper Podcast. Thank you, JVR. How are you doing? Good. Yep, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, so, should we start off with the questions, or would you like to add something? No, we can start with the questions. Let's let's start with some some okay. shots here. Okay. Okay then. Uh, so, um, my first question would be: um, How will sub- suborbital space lights um, impact? the geopolitical landscape and uh, global power dynamics? Well, uh, suborbital flights, they are the health way to go to space. So it's an environment we can use for research, space flight research. Uh, we can train astronauts, we can train uh, scientists to, to research this layer because it's very uh, unknown, this layer. Mesosphere, this part of the mesosphere and thermosphere, uh, it's it's some uh, it's a layer we don't know too much. So uh, the space flights, suborbital space flights, they can enrich the knowledge about these these layers. And uh, the space tourism, uh, it's part of all of this big big deal about space exploration. And we are seeing uh, so many so many companies and so many spacecrafts to go to this layer of the Earth. And uh, we can use all of this in our favor because uh, the space tourism is going to show us how fragile it's Earth, how fragile it's the human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to know that. We need we need to to have people there, you know, to check this and see. My gosh, uh, it's a thin layer of life, you know. Earth, it's totally done with a thin layer of life that contain life, mm-hmm. and there's no there there's no other planet we know uh, that contain life. So we need to preserve this planet right here. Right. And what do you think about the idea that's been booming these days, right? Because of SpaceX, Elon Musk, that we should have a plan B. A plan B. So uh, I never, I never thought about a plan B, even because I don't have resource to to to, to yeah. think about the, the plan mm-hmm. B. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we have we have we have to 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 go. To moon, we need to do a sentiment there. Moon, uh, Mars, uh, Titan. Uh, we need to explore all these planets, all these celestial bodies, because uh, uh, we need to spread humanity to to other uh, other place. Right. We need to do that Just to preserve humanity and uh, mm. and uh, to preserve our uh, every kind of life. Right. And uh, so, have you thought about like which planet uh, is going to be a pro? Like, have you done the research on this in some way or possible? Like, 
which should be the most appropriate planet in the entire solar system for us. Like, if Mars is, I, I guess Mars is like, uh, because of SpaceX and Elon Musk, it has gained that sort of trend in the space industry and sector. Uh, though I have seen a lot of people talk about Titan, uh, certainly, that it could be one of yeah. the potential places that we should go to instead of Mars because of the radioactive um, uh, atmosphere that Mars has and the uh, the amount of, um, you can say, the atmospheric pressure uh, that Mars has. So that doesn't just support life. Um, we have to just yeah. live in chambers. Uh, so yeah, the, I would like to know your... The, the Titan moon, uh, the Titan moon, there are a lot of hydrocarbonate. So it's what contains life. It's the beginning of life. It's the, the material, the whole material, you know, for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, there are pressure, like you say, uh, it, it's possible we can search and in, in find life there when you send a mission to, to Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not impossible uh, given the, the, all the conditions we have there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, uh, Titan, it's one, but uh, in, uh, the, in the next 30 years, we need to aim Moon and Mars because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a short way inside the solar system, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have more data about Moon and, uh, and uh, Mars than any other planet. So yeah. it takes a long time to study, to send probes, to, to get gathering data, to, to have information, you know, to send a mission to, to other planets. So Moon and Mars are aiming to, to every, every accomplishment, uh, sorry, every mission they are, mm-hmm. they are sending. Okay. And uh, about SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk, he, he's a visionary, right? in, my, in my opinion, he's a visionary, you know, he's focused in what he wants to do, and most, most of the people, they don't know uh, the idea was born in Brazil, SpaceX, in Florianópolis, in an island in, Flor- in Brazil, in South Brazil. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a meeting, uh, in 2000, I was working I was working in Florianopolis, the city, and uh, uh, I knew about someone wanting to, to start a, to apply money, you know, and, uh, to invest money in a, in a company to produce rockets, to buy a rocket from Russia and, and all of this stuff. And they, they start the, the sketch of the, the, of the scratch of the, this plan, you know, there. Uh, in Brazil, and uh, we see SpaceX like uh, um, someone that don't don't have anyone to contest. Uh, everything they are doing, they are doing very well, you know, and uh, they are being successful. So it's some, it's a, it's a company, uh, it's a company. We need to look very carefully, you know. We need to to have. Uh, uh, we need to follow what they are doing because they are doing very well in, yeah. in, a, in a good way. In yeah. a good way, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's complicated to to talk about all the other other players because we don't see the results, so we can't compare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can't do it. 
any comparison about uh, uh, what they are better, what they are worse, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the space race, it's again here, you know, we have China, a new player, a new player that they have all the resource, you know, they have all the technology to, to go and be the first, uh, maybe the first in the, on the moon if they want to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to surprise us because mm-hmm. what we see uh, all the space race, uh, uh, we see China. Everybody, everyone around the world buy products from China, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 50% of everything that's sold uh, goes to Chinese government. So they have a huge budget to, to, to apply for uh, a military and uh, flights space programs so it's a new player too india it's a new player too it's a you know they have all the brightest minds i know a lot of aerospace engineers in india they are very very good very capable to to create amazing things and uh we see that but they need budget so every part of the world they have good players they have good players they have brightest mind but uh, Mm -hmm. It depends on money. Mm. And all is going to be this. In national security. Too. Right. Um, how do you think uh, Japan has uh, developed in the aerospace sector? Because Japan is considered to be this very robotic and technologically advanced society, even though it is not generally capitalistic in its own sense of working. Right. Um, if you see a table, Nowadays, uh, about the advanced AI, uh, robotics, uh, uh, space medicine, uh, regenerative medicine, uh, you're going to see the three first players are China, United States, and South Korea. Japan mm-hmm. and uh, Germany, is they're, uh, uh, they, are, they are more like 450 uh, on this scenario. You know, nowadays, so you bet. Uh, I don't know uh, the, the the space program for Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very limited, so, uh, mm-hmm. because they couldn't produce uh, missiles. Uh, they have the agreement after the Second World War II, so they have agreements. Uh, they couldn't produce rockets, and missiles, and now they they're starting to to produce all of this. You know. They, they produce parts for an International Space Station, but they are not a, a, a gigantic player. They are not a top player on, mm-hmm. on this area. Uh, most of the, the uh, scientific areas and the advanced, uh, scientific advance, uh, the players are China, South Korea, and United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would also like to know your story, um, how you went from a person who wanted to go into the aerospace sector but had to certainly come to the United States for studying aerospace and uh, astronautical engineering and whatever degrees that you've generated throughout your career and whatever impact you've had. I would love to know your story on that. Well, uh, I applied seven years ago. I applied for a program, Mars One program, uh, to go to Mars to establish a, a colony in, on Mars. And, uh, and I was one of the, the 
the finalists of this contest. Uh, I didn't join the the the, the group, uh, but that that awake myself inside me and say, "Hey, you love space. You love uh, uh, rockets, airplanes." And uh, I say, "Hey, I I need to search what make me happy." Mm-hmm. And I came to the United States to study because before that I was uh, I was in Brazil, Brazil and Chile working, and uh, I was paying my bills. You know, I was working but not pursuing my dreams. And then uh, this thing awake inside me and say, no, I need to forget about everything around me and I need to put focus in what I love and what I want. And, uh, and I applied for IIES, International Institute for Astronautical Science. Back in the day, it was awesome project. Man. We have this, this branch, this branch, sorry, and this, uh, this air awesome uh, project. Uh, but uh, Project Postum, sorry. And, uh, but uh, now it's IIAS. And I apply. And I apply two times. And the second time, I was accepted. And I start to train with them. It's uh, a very complex program. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, all the infrastructure, you know, to, to teach, to educate, and uh, to train astronauts to go to space. So um, we are first we are education, and after uh, COVID, we start to put a focus to training, real training, uh, research space flights to research space flights. So we we start to training people to go to suborbital flights, you know, and do research. And uh, and then now we have uh, Kelly Girard; she is going uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, we had Sian Proctor, Dr. Sian Proctor, uh, she, she graduated with me. She was my class at IIAS. Uh, and you know, guys, Inspiration 4, she was the, the first black female pilot to go to space. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, the first civilian crew to go to space, you know, totally mm-hmm. planned mm-hmm. By, by civilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was amazing and very successful mission. Uh, Katya. It's a, it's a, oh, sorry. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, she, she is the first woman, Mexican woman, to go to space, and she mm-hmm. graduated with me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sara, sorry, she is the first African to, to go to space too. Oh. And uh, all of these people, they graduate and they study with me at IIAS. So it's an uh, open field. Uh, it's it's amazing all the structure and all the training, and then it's exactly like NASA, European Space Agency, uh, uh, Canadian Space Agency. Uh, there are some some instructions, some training we have inside the the facilities of uh, Canadian Space Agency. Uh-huh. Um, what was your experience uh, like when you was like studying with Madam Proctor, like? What was she like? Was she like a very curious and studious student? Was she something else? What did you feel like? What was your experience at IIAS with all these, you know, um, people from very different backgrounds and now they got very successful in this uh, astronautical sector? Uh, when you go to IIAS, the feeling when you're getting inside the first classroom, for example, when, when people receive you 
people uh, warm with you. It's like that sensation of family, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a decent family, you know, with different backgrounds, different problems, and all of them there, you know, with the same goal. So it's something very, very uh, interesting to feel because you you don't feel uncomfortable inside IIS. Uh, you feel like you are part of something bigger than you. Uh, you feel like you can contribute, even if it's a small thing, even if it's something uh, uh, is very simple. You know, we add that. We add that in our bio 106 uh, uh, underwater uh, training, uh, the AVA uh, 106, sorry, uh, bio 103, the microgravity uh, micro research flights. So we apply that. Simple things, you know, make extraordinary things too. Mm -hmm. uh, we can uh, we can have uh, people with arts, and they can contribute to our program. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be moving on to the next question that I have on the script. Like as I said, I am not going on with the script. I just keep on asking questions as they pop up uh, into my mind. So, uh, how can we like? use suborbital flights to better understand the effects of microgravity on human health and uh, like what implications do you think uh, does this research have for long-term space travel well that's a good question it's a it's a great question because that's what we are trying to find out how suborbital flights can fit you know to better understand uh, our world to better understand uh, uh, the atmosphere, our atmosphere, and how they can contribute with that. How can we use experiments to do that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer with uh, uh, in two steps. First, we need to know how, what's the, the the what's the transport at take us, because you have a spaceship too, for example. Okay, mm -hmm. it's a space plane and glide. Uh, but there is no such a room. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, they have a, a room inside, but they don't reach the karma line. So you don't have uh, you don't have much time. Then you have more time in a microgravity flight, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in a vomit comet, than inside the, the the spaceship too. Or you can go by blue orange. But you don't have room to do experiments. They don't allow to do experiments. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's purely, so it's purely it's, tourism. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the second step, it's rules. So we need to determine the, the new rules. You know, FAA, they, everything's so brand new, so new. Uh, they are start to write the rules about that. So mm -hmm. if something goes wrong, like the, the first flight from Richard Branson, they left a little bit uh, the, the 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 pathway, you know. They enter uh, a different zone, and that make an alert and say, "Hey, guys, uh, this is dangerous," you know, because this area is commercial airlines, and that's the reason they mm. were ground mm. for mm. Uh, for months. Uh, so it's rules, FAA government, to develop uh, uh, space programs. Uh, we need to relax more rules but it uh, uh but in the opposite side 
it's complicated because we are talking about uh, national security. So you can imagine if someone can just build a rocket and launch the rocket. At the same mm-hmm. time, it's a rocket, you know, they can build a missile too, a missile too. Yeah, and put a, yeah, and they can put a nuclear and hit any target inside the country. So it's complicated. Uh, we need to get the balance of all of this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the reason it's step by step that things uh, happen in the space, all the space programs around the world, because all of them aim national security force. Um, so I would say. You, yeah, if you're talking the, uh, about this on the suborbital and uh, beyond just common line level of uh, space flights, right? You just go up, you come down, or you could just revolve around the Earth and just uh, take a place on Earth back again. Um, talking about now that humanity has started taking uh, serious decisions towards uh, getting itself to other planets and becoming interplanetary, multiplanetary species. Um, so how is the th- the effect of microgravity in that case uh, going to be applied uh, over there? Uh, microgravity uh, by itself it's dangerous because all your body they change very fast they have they adapt very fast uh, the mutations are very often there are mutations in your body when you go and stay for long times longer long staying on space, mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated to talk about a specific microgravity because you have uh, other issues to, to solve to go to Mars or, or mm-hmm. stay, mm-hmm. Or stay on the moon. First is radiation. Uh, we don't have shields to go to, to Mars. We don't have shields mm-hmm. uh, to, to stay on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are developing shields to, to protect uh, ultraviolet, uh, gamma rays, uh, all uh, cosmic rays. So uh, that affect a lot of things. Affect computers. So the computers stop to to work uh, with radiation. You know because they affect the the, the hardware. Uh, uh, the astronauts they 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 show dementia uh, during the flights because radiation. You know, they kill the, the neurons, the cells. So mm-hmm. they start to kill the neurons. So a PhD leave Earth now, maybe going to arrive in, on Mars, you know, like a dumb, like a, 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 a baby, because he's going to lose all the, the neurons. Mm-hmm. So we have a food. It's another thing. It's very complicated because we need to produce the food during all the, the, the travel, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have uh, a convenience store. We don't have supermarkets between uh, Mars and uh, and Earth. Yeah. So we need to produce. And to produce, yeah. it's complicated because in microgravity, mm. it's hard to 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 grow food. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so we have a we have a lot of issues, uh, but micrograd by itself. Uh, it affects you a lot. Uh, med- uh, talking about medicine, space medicine, affect the bones. So you you get it tall, you know, like four feet, five feet during se- seven months of mm-hmm. staying in mm-hmm. space. Uh, your blood 
your blood, uh, uh, your blood pressure because you don't need to pump blood uh, so so fast. It's so hard, uh, and you start to start to to have issues. You know when you get grabbed again, mm-hmm. and uh, all of this uh, very very complicated. We need more study, more more information to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then. I would say like if the problem is not just from getting outside earth and then in space which is basically zero g and but the problem might also be coming when you have to get outside of a familiar gravitational pull and then get into a planet's gravity that is not actually you're not familiar with right because uh with moon it could be like it's six times lesser than that of earth the la- the, the last time we went to moon was 53 years ago um and now we have very less research in comparison to that because we have not sent any other human to moon moon uh, yet but now yep uh, we have artemis 2's crew announced so uh, we'll we'll be looking up to that um yeah so, they they are in the moon again uh, uh about about just to 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 talk about the the information about moon uh, we always have uh, the information we we have the probes we have the rovers they mm-hmm. there we share uh, uh, the government don't share each government mm-hmm. they, they don't share but the agents they share between them right. uh, the, this information so mm-hmm. they have a lot of information and the, mm-hmm. the most important about moon you know this space, new space race is because moon you can control military control about Earth. So who go first? You know they're gonna have the control. They're gonna mm-hmm. have the space. They're gonna have the the best, the the the, the top of the mountain. You know to 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 see all the all this uh, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And to establish this this base there, uh, they are searching for helium three because it's mm-hmm. the best nuclear fuel. You know to generate electricity on mm-hmm. on the moon. So it's a uh, who goes first? You build the first uh, nuclear plant, you know, to produce electricity uh, on the moon. Uh, it's ninety percent uh, gonna dominate mm-hmm. all this this part of the, the the system. Talking about the progresses that Artemis One has had so far, in particular, why are we going back to the moon? Like after fifty three years now, since nineteen sixty nine we have decided to go back to the moon. Um, so I know we are not going to set up a research or any form of base camp over there, but in particular, we are not also going to be just there for the sake of exploration only. We are going to do some form of research. Why are we going there? What is the aim of the project? I would love to know your opinion. Well, my opinion about our tennis program, uh, it's, we are coming back to the moon. We are starting again uh, with the new space, not the old space, because the old space, it's uh, only ages. Uh, we be back to the military, you know, the race, uh, Soviet Union against United States. And so we're back to ages, we're back to military pilots being astronauts. Uh, and we are talking about the new space. What is the new space? The new space, the private companies, they have a share. 
they they can get involved in all of this project. You know, they can send probes to the moon, like the Japanese uh, iSpace recently. So they sent a, uh, a rover to to land on on the moon. Uh, and Artemis program is bringing all of these companies, all of these private companies, uh, together in a round nope to to get to the moon again. So uh, the Artemis program it's tied with a lot of countries, you know, to share research, to share uh, knowledge about these flights. Uh, and I see it's it's something very very important. It's very important. Uh, but my uh, the Artemis program by itself, in my opinion, uh, it's something. It's only for the United States because uh, it, it's impossible to share knowledge, you know, like this to the uh, build rockets, you know, uh, without thinking about national security of each country. So you're developing some technologies that come to the military field too. And the, the, and the other, other countries like India, like uh, China, they have uh, a huge support, you know, of the, the government to, to build their progress. So what I see is the Artemis program, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get the support of the international community, you know, to explore the moon. Why explore the moon? Because it's the next step. It's the next step to the travel to Mars. It's the next step to to a settlement for the security or military purpose. Uh, moon is rich of helium three. Helium three is the best nuclear fuel, you know, to to generate electricity uh, all the moon. So for every settlement that goes to the moon, they need to think about this. They need to to go and colonize first because they need to 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 build all this structure. And who builds this structure first has a huge advantage for the, the other nations. Mm -hmm. Um a Space Force recently announced that they want to patrol between moon and earth. So the all this patrol uh, this patrol uh uh uh, situation, uh, they need a military base on the moon. An Artemis problem, it's called a civilian problem, okay? But if you see all the, the astronauts going back to the moon, all of them are military or ex-military mm. uh, uh, going to the moon. Uh, it's, it's very important, this return to the moon, okay? For the Planetary uh, exploration, exoplanetary exploration, to humanity survive, uh, to have uh, our problem of uh, large population too. So we we didn't need to to improve the systems to to travel, you know, and uh, to find solutions for our planet too, because our planet is very very. It's very, uh, uh, it's very fragile and we need to, to, 
to have more resource and more and more technology to solve our problems here. Talking about the doomsday problems uh, that are really concerning some of the people in the warfare and uh, the geopolitical specter, especially uh, things like nuclear warfare between geopolitically powerful countries, Russia, America, China, and uh, these countries uh, that are really powerful are also coming up with various technologies that are really concerning some of the people, especially now that we see the advent of various chat models and various artificial intelligent models that are actually out in the public and large lar large language models. And this these are really concerning some of the people, especially the general public is now also concerned about this, which is actually good that they at, at least know what is going on. And talking about the population problem that you just mentioned, uh, yep, uh, as you said that we have a problem of feeding a lot of people, we have a problem of... Uh, uh, giving the proper amount of facilities and some of the even the basic needs that people gen generally require are not being met for some of the people although a lot of big personalities that are really working and concerning about these problems they also have the ability to specifically solve these problems too like elon musk and stuff they have said that um by the end of the century we will reach a population peak of around 11 billion and then we'll see a sudden decline by the uh, beginning of the upcoming century. And uh, I want to know why you think uh, population in particular is a problem uh, when these people are have changed their narrative towards uh, bringing up more and more population. Yep, I also uh, know the concerns. Countries are still developing, like a lot of African countries, India also in specific. It has a very young population. India has a very high birth rate, infant birth rate, uh, too, uh, in comparison to a lot of developed countries. Uh, whereas there are a lot of developed and, uh, you know, so you can say advanced countries, especially in technology sector, like Japan and China, that have seen a sudden plummet because of uh, their culture and political values that they have generated uh, in their population. So, yeah, I would love to know why you think of it that way. Uh, we are really uh, all this problem right now. You know, the last 20 years, uh, our resource, they are, they are going fast. They are going, uh, being consumed very fast. Uh, there's a report of uh, this year. We are taking the resource for the next year, the entire next year. And two years ago, the same report was talking us, they explained to us we were taking six months ahead. And now this report, it's one year ahead. So in 2049, all the resources we have in the, the land, it's not, it's not a doomsday, it's not some prophecy, no, it's mathematics. So we, our resource is going to end in tomorrow. 2049. Uh, the increase of population, uh, I see around the world, uh, the, the increase of population, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's going down in the negative. Mm -hmm. So you see countries like Europe, like Italy, they don't have, uh, the, the, the population is getting old, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have young people. 
they don't have the uh, people to work. That, uh, they are placed by the ghost. And I'm all talking. It's Spain too, uh, Ukraine too. Uh, there are several countries around the world. The, we are decreasing the population. So uh, what we need is something more united nation than our local sovereign problem. Because we see here the migration, other countries going to the United States. So uh, we have people around the world going to the United States, you know. Uh, uh, what do we need? So it's a, it's a, a agreement uh, to 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 absorb this population. Uh, what do we see? The the biggest problem with a huge population like now uh, on the earth is food, because there are uh, cows. You color on your figures. The cows can produce food. You know, for an entire country like China or India or, or United States, uh, it, it's very complicated to, to, to do that. And we fought, you know, break the balance of, uh, major barrels. It's a, a very, very complicated mm-hmm. scope. Uh, we need to, we need to, to, uh, we need to control population. Of course, we lose control population, but we need to see too, uh, there are other cultures they need uh, 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 work, uh, work, uh, force, you know, they need, they need people to, to, to migrate and start over again, all, all these cultures. That's it. Uh, so moving on to the next question that I have. So, uh, we recently witnessed the flight of Starship and it blew up in midair. So SpaceX and the team at Starbase doesn't regret it as much so that's something pretty cool um we saw that it kept uh, on losing its trajectory and eventually went vertically downward and blew up um so what happened actually what went wrong uh, if you have any idea of it oh uh, i had some, some idea what mm-hmm. could happen in a flight like this you know mm-hmm. normally uh, we test and we test and retest and do calculations again uh and if you see in a financial side mm-hmm. a financial bill uh to do all this research to do all of these experiments to getting data to put a supercomputers to work mm-hmm. you know it's very expensive and just one flight one flight like this you know even exploding in the end the number of data was unprecedented, you know, for the next, for, for ne- to build the next uh, vector. So uh, what do you see like a fail? It's a huge gain for mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. because all the data gathered and all the, the, and all the, 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 the observation, and all the, the behavior of the rocket, all that is priceless. You know, to 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 build the next vector. So, uh, what happened? What I uh, I heard, uh, the valves of the rocket were stopped because they were frozen, hmm. and that's the reason. Uh, I think five or six reactors didn't didn't light in like candles. Hmm. 
and uh, and uh, of course the the others can compensate, you know, to fly. But uh, even with uh, six uh, six engines like uh, Raptors engines, they, they are very powerful. So they 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 make the difference, you know, mm. when you go to to orbit. I see. But it's a it, it's a very it's a very it's very cool to see all these data being gathered, you know, in a flight like this. I see. I see. Um, so, another question that I have is: uh, Can we create artificial gravity in space to combat the effects, or do we actually do it in order to combat the effects of microgravity on the body, on the human body? Uh, you are asking me if it's possible to create gravity, or, or no? I mean, artificial gravity in space. Uh, do we yes. actually do it, or some try to mimic it in some way or form in order to reduce the effect of microgravity, maybe, or something like that? Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our scientists are working on this uh, because we really need uh, we really need to plant foods. Mm. We need to plant because we need to produce food to go to to long travels, and uh, it's very very complicated to plan, uh, plant food uh, on microgravity. Mm. All the fluids, all the, the, the behavior, the mutations. So it's very complicated. We have uh, negative results. It's some, some results are positive, but uh, mm. uh, seeing facing the, the other results, results, it's complicated because it's very negative. So we, mm. one of the goals is to produce the the artificial gravity because we need to plant. We need to keep the uh, the health of our astronauts or the the the, the crew, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a one of the steps. Uh, one way is to use the centripetal uh, energy. You know the acceleration. So the vector, the rocket goes, or the capsule goes, spinning during all the travel, simulating uh, artificial gravity, uh, mm. 9.8 or 9.6, 9.6 mm. gravity. The thing is, need to be with a huge radius, you know, to simulate. Can be in a, a small place in a small, a small spaceship. Mm -hmm. I see. I see what you're saying. Need to be a very, very, a very, very well, a di a di diameter, uh, very, very large, you know, to simulate this. And it's complicated to build a structure like this in space uh, uh, with the budget we have now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I just no, can't I... see. Oh, now yeah. I can see. Okay, yeah. I don't know why, but the computer hanged in the middle. For some reason, I hope the recording happened because the recorder is still on. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know why so many technical problems. I mean, I have not witnessed as many technical problems. There's at least once and that too in the starting of the episode. I don't know why I'm experiencing so many of these. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on to the question. Uh, 
about suborbital flights. Okay. Now we are moving off the topic. Uh, we are not going to talk talk about microgravity. Uh, so, how do you think how will orbital suborbital space flights uh, impact the geopolitical landscape and the global power dynamics? Considering that various countries that were that were not actually very powerful and not very dominant in the space race when the space race started in the 1950s and stuff it was just to, it was just between two countries the soviet union and uh, the united states now we have a very dominant power china that is coming up uh, against uh, uh, some a country like united states uh, and is trying to dominate over this uh, sector then there are other countries that are also trying to come up but they are certainly not as big as big of a competitor as china is for the united states so yeah i would love to know what uh, your a point on it like how will suborbital flights impact in geopolitical space well uh suborbital flights are the future uh, every company involved in suborbital flights uh they going to have the dominance uh, about the market about geopolitical like mm-hmm. you you touch it the subject and the because uh suborbital flights are not only mm-hmm. only blue orange or virgin galactic suborbital flights uh spacex it's working on his suborbital flights too because they can take one falcon 9 or a starship okay and uh, lift off from from california in 45 minutes later be in japan mm-hmm taking a hundred people right. inside a right. hundred people mm-hmm. inside uh so they can transport civilian transport uh at the same time uh they can transport a troop too they can send a military force to to canada to to afghanistan in one hour in one hour in one hour in in uh, 20 minutes 15 mm-hmm. minutes so uh, it's it gonna change when uh, it's a major uh, 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 market. This gonna change the geopolitical situation around the world mm. because we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, space planes. So executives from industry here in United States mm. they're gonna fly in one hour to Jakarta mm-hmm. to to deal to to make business. Uh, we're gonna have uh, people in a, needing in a, a surgery, for example, and the specialist is in, in it's in, in Paris. So you're gonna take the flight, you know, in the urgent situation, and fly to another country in a matter of minutes or one hour. So this is gonna change everything around the world. Like the the for the Romans, uh, the, the the Roman Empire, uh, the the roads changed, changed the geopolitics. I see, I see. For the the British, uh, the navy uh-huh. changed the uh-huh. the geopolitics. Um, I've got a few questions uh, that uh, some aspiring astronauts might have. Uh, I've not technically asked people personally about them. I do have one question though uh, that was asked by one 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 person today itself. I actually did a post on LinkedIn and uh, said that I'm talking to an astronaut today from 
double IAS. Would you like to add some question, ask some question uh, to the show? The one person who gave a comment. So yeah, I'm gonna ask you that. And uh, before coming to that, uh, what is the most challenging aspect of your job as an astronaut, both physically and mentally? What is sorry the question? Um, what is the most challenging aspect? of your job as an astronaut, both physically and then mentally? Uh, well, uh, that's the, a good question because uh, the health, you know, you're being a good health, uh, mentally and physically, it, it's impressive. Uh, it's priceless. You need to be in a, in a good shape. You need to be uh, in a good uh aspect of your mind because everything involves uh safety all the time involve uh leadership so we need to take decisions and you need to take the right decisions all the time for you and your crew uh and uh, it's very stressful mm. it's very stressful even during the reverse rehearsals uh during the training uh it's it's very stressful because every time you have a different situation to deal right so the part that's more stressful about all of this is is to be prepared is the training is the training you see the simulations and the, all the situations we pass through mm -hmm. you know to 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 be in the, in the top of the the class you know to 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 try a, a mission to go to suborbital flight to space flight research or, or any other thing uh, to go into space and uh, you need to be prepared mentally and healthily with your body mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's the and the what, are, what is the importance of the stuff. human aspect of it like for example you mentioned uh, leadership and uh, uh, you need to understand your crew's uh, uh, problems and be empathetic and all that stuff. I mean, that's what how popular media has portrayed it. But how is it actually? Like, uh, what is actually the actual reality of it? It's one million times more serious than you think. Mm. Uh, the personality of each astronaut uh, it's uh, it's very important, you know, for the team because you have half seconds. You have one second to take the decision and take the, all the procedures to to mm. to for, in a flight. You know, uh, sometimes uh, you are so involved with your team and you you don't think you know that person gonna do something. Mm. She knows exactly what she needs to do. She doesn't need anyone to say, "Oh, you need to do mm -hmm. this" or "You need to mm -hmm. do that." So it's. Uh, it's a huge mindset, you know, you need to do, to, to do in yourself. Uh, you see, you use that in your entire life, all the, your day-by-day -day life, uh, to take decisions, to take uh, 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 the best way in, in your life. And uh, the, this mindset is very important, not only to be an astronaut, but it's important to be a, a human mm. being. A human being, mm -hmm. uh, things like 
put blame, you know, when you blame others, you mm. know, when you don't take uh, the responsibility for something, it, it's for the group, it's not only mm. you, mm. you know, um, reactions, uh, your, your, your mood too, it's something, uh, it's very critical. Uh, so you need sometimes to minimize some aspects of your of your life, your behavior, you know, I see, I see. to to have this, mm. yeah, this empathy mm. with everyone, mm. this team sense with everyone. So there's a lot of as aspects to it: sacrifice, leadership, um, empathy, so many things something to play, and you have very less time to think about anything. So it's very challenging, right? Yeah, you need to think about everyone. It, mostly uh, about the mission first, mm. because we need to take decisions. Mm. Or I, I take a satellite you know, down, or I save one person. Mm. What is mm. the, you know, there are several ethical mm. questions mm. and uh, you need to mm. know how to work with that, to analyze the big picture to take mm. decisions. Mm. So it's one million times worse than you imagine. Right. Um, what do you think is the most important research or exploration uh, that can be conducted on the ISS or just in space in general? Like what is the most prior biggest priority right now in terms of research uh, in the space field? Um, there are several experiments uh, going to space. Uh, recently, uh, there was an experiment from Brazil to freeze uh, the COVID-19 uh, 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 virus. So they can have a better understanding, can have a better image, you know, how to produce a good, uh, 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 good results, good medicines to, to combat uh, the COVID-19 mm -hmm. to fight. And, uh, all of, most of them are in the medicine field, medicine field. Mm. Uh, cameras, for example, too, uh, there are a lot of improvements of cameras, mm -hmm. uh, uh, telecommunication companies too. Uh, they are working uh, like a, a Starlink, like uh, uh, Iridium, like other companies uh, investing in, in telecommunications. So. They are they are improving in microgravity in orbital uh, experiments. They are they are investing too. Uh, but there is two two things. Uh, there are two things. Sorry, uh, I think uh, uh, going to be the next step. It's for people with disabilities. Mm. So in space, it's easier then mm. on earth mm. you know to start studies and uh to improve uh the life of people with disabilities mm. and, uh, and and it's one of the most beautiful things that i saw it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, a program here uh in the united states mm -hmm. and they are taking people with disabilities to space mm. because in space even if you have a disability, mm -hmm. you are equal. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you know, because you are floating. So if you don't have your legs, if you do, you can move your legs or you can move 
your body, mm-hmm. you are exactly the same as uh, um, the best astronaut we have on mm-hmm. Earth. Because he's floating, he can use to, you know, and the environment is equal for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best liquidity uh, 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 thinking mm-hmm. that, uh, that I, I heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the question uh, that one of the people asked in the comment section. So, this is a question from Aninda Chakraborty. And he says, what is the first thing that comes into your mind uh, when you hear the word astronomy? Not astronaut or, or cosmology or anything, astronomy. Well... Astronomy uh, always remind me of my mentor kids mm. around the world. So um, I mentored uh, for a couple of years uh, some young astronomers. And then last year, I received an award with a young astronomer from Brazil called Nicolinha mm-hmm. uh, and received the, the prize from the Sheikh of Dubai by himself mm-hmm. and was very, very cool because she's the youngest astronomer in the world. And uh, it, it was very sex, uh, successful, you mm. know, all, all of this, mm. all of this way we took mm. to, to receive his award. And uh, astronomy, for me, it's something, uh, it's unpredictable. Uh, and uh, at the same time, it's a huge turn about ourselves, mm. because when you we study a star, you're studying yourself. We are made of dust, stardust. Mm. So every meteor, asteroid you find in the around you know, the the solar system, it's like a DNA of our ourselves. So astronomy for me is not only to uh, orbital mechanics, uh, celestial mechanics, or something uh, so simple like mm-hmm. this. Uh, for me, it's about life. When you think of astronomy or, or hear the, the 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 word astronomer. For mm-hmm. me. Okay, we are almost towards the end of our episode. I've got two questions, very simple ones. Uh, first, with any suggestions that you might have for us. Sorry. Any suggestions that you might have for us uh, regarding regarding the podcast? What do you think about this? Yeah, well, think about this? it's uh, it's awesome. That's uh, 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 and nowadays is the best way you know to reach the people to have your opinion uh, being being shared. And uh, thank you to invite me for your podcast. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, it's a yeah. It, it's an awesome experience, you know. Every every podcast I participate, it's the uh, I can add all the time, you know. And uh, talk about it specifically uh, about our subjects, you know, about space, about suborbital. It's better than talk about generalities, you know, about everything. And uh, thank you to open your your space to to talk about a little bit what. I know my knowledge <laughs> yeah. about this. My pleasure, my pleasure. It's it's always an honor to, to talk to people 
who are into the space sector, people like you. Um, I've planned so many things for this uh, to make it as uh, reachable to as many people as possible, considering that in general science communication and STEM education, it's not as prominent of a market in India in particular. So there's a lot of scope in this. And uh, I actually personally look a whole lot forward to it. Because if there wouldn't have been, I mean, if the market would have been very much saturated or something, um, I, w- I wouldn't have considered it, uh, to to be honest, personally. But uh, still, um, I've been into, I've been talking about space and I've been reading about space since I was nine. So I've always been fascinated by it. I, I have a, yeah. I have a, a motto uh, and that, that shaped me since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I put a hundred percent effort where there is one percent of chance. Mm-hmm. So all the time, if you do that in your life, you know, you're going to do much more than expanding mm-hmm. for you. So work hard, study a lot and do show mm-hmm. that do much more than expand for yeah. you. And you're going to reach the biggest, the top mountains all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because the effort it's mm-hmm. what you need to show everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone gonna believe in you when you show effort. You're an inspiration for us all, to be honest, for everybody who might be listening to this. Uh, finally, yeah, um, if you have any messages for the audience, yeah, I have, I have one message. Uh, I want you guys to think about your life, you know, because uh, sometimes we are we are so blind around us. We always think, oh, I, I can do this, I can do that. It's impossible to reach that person. It's impossible to to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, guys, uh, the world is a small village. Who went to space, you know, they say the same thing. It's a small village, mm-hmm. you know, and you run around the world in one hour and 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, so... There are a lot of projects around the world to get involved. Mm-hmm. People that gonna give you all the attention, all the support, you know, and you're gonna see uh, your your life gonna change. Mm-hmm. Your life get involved in a lot of projects, not only India, not only Brazil, not only United States. You know, be a a a, a world citizen, mm-hmm. be a a, a world scientist citizen. Mm-hmm. You know. Go and uh, reach all the people. You guys gonna be so it's so incredible, and uh, you you guys gonna see very good results. So don't be afraid. Get involved. Be a, a, a human race. Thank you, Carvalho, for coming to the episode. It's the end of our episode, everyone. My pleasure. Uh, most people uh, would have left by now. So yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wimper Podcast. This is the 19th episode of the Wimper Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to see you soon again. I love yeah. it. Uh, I would love to have okay. another episode with you, you actually. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, anytime in the future. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, f- thank you for listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, keep looking up. Bye. Let's do it. See you guys. Bye-bye.